This week on the Digital Marketing Scoop, we're talking with Shane McCarthy all about scaling your marketing. Shane, very welcome to the podcast. Cheers. Thanks, Mark. Um, so Shane, tell us, tell us a bit about, um, about what you do and the, and the company you work for. So yeah, I work for a company called Sandbox. I'm their chief marketing officer. Um, and Sandbox started off with a you know very simple mission around helping to connect the military community. Uh, you know, over here in the U.S., you know, it's a big part of everyday lifestyle, and it's a it's a pretty big group and a you know affinity group and community in its own point. So we do that through letters and tech or through uh, content and technology. So one part of that is. You've 17, 18 year olds that are joining the military. They're not allowed to uh, have their cell phones on them. People can write a letter on our app, add a photo, hit send, and then we print and deliver it next day. So doing like digital to physical communication. So we've done about 4 million letters in the last couple of years. We have about uh, 2 million users on the platform. Um, and then we also provide a lot of uh, training content as well for people joining the military. So if you're 90 days out from joining the Navy, we'll send you the content to make sure you're physically, mentally and spiritually prepped before you get there. So that you're ready, you know, to kind of to, uh, to get through your training um, and, you know, kind of fight what you're, you're going to have to come up against. Um, and then we, we do we've kind of built out that content along the way, too. So, you know. We get millions of page views every month on our on our blog and website with advice for people and families that are joining the joining the military as well. Wow, that's a, a very unique, um, very unique offering. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty incredible. And then you know the team here is made up of half uh, military veterans and military spouses, so it's been a real interesting process for me too, you know, getting to work with all these like incredible people that have done incredible things in their past careers and are now you know working. Uh, help you know to support other service members and people joining the military as well yeah, yeah. and I, and you're from ireland aren't you so how, how did you get involved with all of this yeah can you not like pick up on my so i got involved i was working in boston as a software engineer um and our uh, product manager there left and became the chief marketing officer here and then I kind of bailed with him. He was, you know, I was working in insurance software. He was sending me videos of them doing all this cool stuff on military bases and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this, you know, this sounds, this looks like a pretty fun move. So that's how I kind of, that's how I sashayed into the marketing side of it then. And when you joined first, was there already a digital marketing strategy in place or was it like, were they starting from scratch kind of? Yeah, it was starting from scratch because we were pre-launch. So um, Sandbox is on iOS, Android, and uh, now web as well. So yeah, it was pre-launch of the iOS app. So, and and the other thing too that was pretty interesting was, you know, this was 2014. You know, you're still only a couple of years after the first iPhone apps and stuff come out. The technology from a marketing standpoint wasn't exactly there. If you were to use some of the platforms, they were incredibly expensive. So there was very little there, you know, not just from the company perspective, but also from like an industry perspective. A lot of company, you know, there was no such there was no such thing as doing Facebook app install ads like they came along, you know, six, nine months later. Um, and then all the tracking technology and everything else in terms of the Facebook SDK, that all came along later too. So, you know, we effectively had to build it from the ground up um, and sort of figure things out as we, as we went along. Very cool. Um, 
so are you working yourselves with have you built your own marketing team over there are you working with an agency how how have you how have you grown it so far so yeah, it's been it's been predominantly uh, our own marketing team in house, um, and we've sort of grown that team as you know, you know. I guess we've sort of done things that don't scale. You get certain amount of signal on different on different parts of marketing. Okay, yeah, Facebook ads seem to be doing well. The performance marketing side, so we need to ramp up there, and we need to hire someone specifically for that. You know, our content marketing is doing well, so we need to hire specifically around that standpoint as well. Uh, so like on January 1st of this year, we hired an editor because we, we had a content manager that was running all of our social digital stuff, um, was managing a team of writers. And then we're like, okay, this is working out really, really well. We need to scale this. So then we bring in an editor to help ramp up, um, you know, the written content side of things as well. We, we, we do work with agencies around very, you know, around specific tasks. So, you know, in the past, we've done stuff around performance marketing with, you know, digital sides where we just bring in experts. So it's like, hey, help us get up to speed with this. You know, you guys come in, you do this one thing very well. Um, and, you know, how can we scale this? How can we get the tracking stuff in place? You know, there's stuff around, you know, stuff like, you know, one thing that comes to mind is like, you know, Google Tag Manager, Google Analytics, stuff like that. Yeah. It's a yeah. very niche like skill set. Um, and that stuff, you know, that stuff is very difficult to do. It's easier just to bring someone in. They can help you get all of that set up. They know how to test if they've done a hundred times over. And then once you have the foundations in place, then helping, you know, working with your, that agency to work with the team in order to get, you know, in order to get, um, uh, you know, in order to sort of find the, the baseline for the moving forward. And we also do it with stuff in terms of like videographers and stuff like that too. Like, your whole camera setup and everything here today, like if we were to invest in that as a company, you know, it would be potentially prohibitive, uh, sorry, particularly if we wanted to test the, uh, just test it and find a signal and stuff like that. So, you know, that's when we've worked with, you know, agencies in the past and it's worked out, you know, all of that has worked out pretty well, particularly when, you know, you set your goals and you're all on the same page. So you're kind of striking a nice balance between hiring in-house and working with agencies. Yeah. And it's, and it, you know, and things constantly change, you know, you know, six or seven years ago, some of the agency side, you know, the digital side wasn't, you know, might not have been particularly great. Like people were still trying to, you know, find their footing with some of it. Whereas now I think it has matured a lot. It, it's still important for an in-house side, you know, even when we bring people in to do whether it's our photography stuff or in the past on the digital side, it's still important for our internal team to be able to know all of this stuff. So someone says, you know, oh, we're getting a you know, $20 CPM or, you know, cost per click on Facebook. And I'm like, well, that's not, you know, that's not a good metric because here's where we need to be at. Here is where, you know, other brands in our industry are at. So I think it, it's important to understand, it's important to understand that too. So you can't just hand everything off to an agency and just be like, oh, they'll figure it out. Like, you know, that's when things can potentially start going bad. And it's the same thing, whether it's on marketing or whether it's on a technology side, when you bring in, you know, technology consultants to help develop, potentially develop an app and stuff. If you don't know the right questions to ask, uh, that's when you can potentially end up in trouble and, you know, spending a lot of money or even more importantly, wasting a bunch of time because you bring in someone, they haven't done anything for six months and then you're, you know, you're getting worried and you're just trying to make up time then as well. Yeah. And 
we'll say working how how did you how have you found working with the agency from a point of view of holding them accountable and things like reporting and those kind of things because I'm guessing are they dealing with you know one key decision maker like yourself the whole time or are they spread between lots of different departments? Generally, it's generally it's it'll be delegated to yeah like another member of say someone else yeah. on the marketing team will yeah. take point lead. Uh, predominantly, I think where we just try and save ourselves or make sure we're good is just spending that extra time at the beginning, just reviewing the contract. We, if we need to take a small bit more time, even on our side, mapping out in Excel, like here are some of the key deliverables that we're expecting. Um, you know, that's important. Just setting that expectation of okay, what does success look like? And then you know, particularly if you're you know well known in the area, you know, in terms of you know, you all are, you know, I'm thinking like coming to mind in Cork too, in terms of like on the branding side with like people that have worked in, uh, you know, in the area for a while and you know that they're not just trying to do a three month contract and burn you like, that's the important, yeah. like that's an important yeah. point. So Massively. like the agencies that we work on the, for the video side and photography and stuff, you know, we'll be working with them for years to come, hopefully, because, you know, they want to do the right thing because they know that we're going to be long-term clients. And then you end up growing both businesses together as well. Yeah, it's important to have a strong relationship with any agency, no matter what the industry, but in particular marketing, because you need, there needs to be a a huge amount of tie-in with understanding the business, understanding not just the marketing team on the other end, but also their relationship with the sales team. And there's a there's yep. a huge dynamic that yeah. has to go on there. A huge amount of trust as well between yeah. the two teams as well. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And then I think I think a big a big part of tie in with that too, particularly on from a technology side with us is like or engineering and product teams and stuff like that. Like if we need to get stuff done within the app, it's important for us to tie in with them too. So yeah, the sales side is you know the sales side is important, particularly if you're on you know the B two B end, but. With us as well, it's the, you know, uh, working with our engineering team because, you know, they help us implement all of our tracking. They, you know, they stay on top of all of that stuff. So that helps to make sure that we're successful as well. Cool. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, is there any particular um, tools you're using as a company that you're finding are working really well for you? Yeah, it, it's it's interesting looking at the tools perspective because of how much it how much it changes over time where the company yeah. is. Like I had mentioned, yeah. you know, in twenty fourteen, uh, in twenty fourteen, you know, we were looking at stuff for tracking app analytics, and there was one company out there, and it was you know ten to fifteen thousand dollars a month for their baseline, and you know we couldn't afford that at the time. And then a year and a half later, maybe a year later, uh, this platform Fabric came out, and it was all free. You know, there was ever absolutely everything was free. We could make incredible decisions on how people are using the app, all of that. And then Twitter bought them and then sold them to Google and then Google effectively closed it down and rolled it into analytics. Um, so it's funny, like, you know, when you look at tools, particularly, you know, the first thing that comes to mind with tools is just how quickly all of this stuff changes, yeah. how quickly yeah. all the tools and all that have changed. Um, but so we've been, you know, we started off initially with our CRM side delivering all of our content through the likes of, you know, Intercom, uh, you know, Irish-based company. Uh, that was back in 2014. But then as we scaled and we had to do more revenue tracking and stuff like that, we had to get more and more specifics. And now we're using a company uh, out of San Francisco called Lean Plum that allows us to, you know, um, do better like cohort analysis, different things like that, where we can measure, you know, 
the effectiveness of different campaigns. Um, we even if that platform was available in 2014, we wouldn't have been able to you know use it. Number one, it would have been too expensive, and the we didn't have the engineering resources to implement it implement it either. Um, and then you know it's it's really been a case of like what is it that has helped team members do do their best work, I guess, looking at it that way. So, you know, we would have originally used the likes of Buffer back in the early days and then have moved on to like Sprout Social, who I also think have a a Dublin presence where it's like, okay, this is a lot more scalable. It ties in with our customer happiness team or customer, what we, you know, what we've termed as customer happiness, which is customer support. So they can then use that. They can use that for replying back. So, um, so they've been some of the main tools and then also looking at stuff like uh, ad roll for doing some of the retargeting. Again, you need to get to a certain amount of scale because a lot of these have minimum spends uh, in order for them to be effective and you build in the engineering time that it takes to build in these things as well um, and vetting all of these platforms. And then, you know, in terms of like with SEO and all this stuff, there's a whole gamut of tools out there for that that, you know, I'm not even fully up to date with and no fair way they're just like constantly changing constantly tweaking and again that's somewhere else that we use an agency for is you know we uh we have people in-house that really know the seo stuff well but we also have a you know an seo consultant that helps us with with a lot of that too because it's just it's almost impossible to keep up to date with it and to do the level of experimentation that you need to do do as well very interesting um, so your your marketing budget at the moment, Shane. What kind of way is that split in terms of the different platforms that that you're you're using? <clears throat> yeah. So I guess the way the way that we look at it is kind of as part of the the marketing funnel. So you know we have our awareness part where you know we're probably spending about fifteen percent of our budget on that. It's just getting the word out there. Um, you know we know that people are going to have to see us a certain amount of times. Like, like what I like to think back to is, you know, 2014, early 2014 when I was in Boston and the amount of people that had to tell me about Uber before I actually got, you know, before I actually downloaded the app, like it was probably, you know, I think on average, they say it's about seven people have to tell you about something before you install it. So we do a certain amount there, just that brand building uh, that we keep on top of that. For that, it's predominantly, you know, uh, display ads with some of the display networks, whether it's Facebook or uh, Google. So, you know, you can get those, you know, the CPM on those is relatively cheap um, in order for doing a lot of that retargeting. Um, and then, you know, so that's the first part of the funnel is that brand awareness. The second part then is um, on the acquisition side. So because of the way our partnership models are set up, we spend a little less on partnerships than probably most companies do. So we're probably spending about 40 45% on, on that. Um, and then about another 40% on, you know, retargeting, retelling our story to people that have visited the site that have made a purchase previously. So it's sort of, you know, reaching out to them and just staying top of mind because, you know, they're just getting hundreds of notifications and people only use three or four apps on a daily basis. So we want to make sure that we're up there. So part of that is the functionality that we can provide within the app. And then the other part of it is just, you know, how are we staying in front of them? How are we, you know, reminding them in the morning when they're watching the, you know, when they're reading the New York Times and we, you know, turn up there. So a lot of that, again, is true to display ads. Um, you know, what's been funny, I guess, with some of the branding stuff and even acquisition is maybe three, four years ago, we tried Snapchat ads. They didn't really work out very well. They were just, you know, incredibly expensive. Whereas now over the last four months or so, 
they've been working really well for us. So again, it's sort of funny watching how these things kind of come around in circles too. And what may not have been good for our audience is now you know, good for our audience. Um, and then there's other, you know, larger factors, I guess, that, you know, affect that too, you know, just with where demographics are moving to or ability to track, you know, to sort of do that retargeting and then, you know, using tools like AdRoll so that we are better able to reach people on the sites that they're using too. Excellent. Dude, that's very interesting that Snapchat ads have kind of come yeah. back around and are working well for you. It's not, I'll be honest, it's not something we've we've really ever here kind of looked into too much. Mm. Um that, but and did, did that just crop up that you started up again te- or were you constantly testing and it just came it just came right it's no so yeah so we we parked it and then we started testing again similarly with originally with when we were just doing our letters platform you know we were trying twitter advertising and app install ads there that wasn't working you know that you know the kind of the CPC that we were getting there wasn't great, that cost per click and stuff like that, the, you know, driving traffic. Whereas now we've started doing it again about, you know, four months ago and it's been working out really well, particularly with all of our content. So it's driving a lot of traffic to the content. So I guess, you know, on the other side, you know, Facebook has probably increased its cost, you know, of cost per mark, cost of marketing and CPMs and all that by about a hundred percent over the last, you know, year, you know, year and a half or so. So it's like, um, that probably ties into the way what makes Twitter and Snapchat more accessible, you know, accessible for us. And then the other thing too is, is we're increasing our budget. I think we've been like, you know, we've been capturing that low hanging fruit. So now there's still some low hanging fruit or greenfield uh, within, you know, the likes of Snapchat, Twitter, uh, Quora has been doing pretty well. Um, and I think some of it is just the ability to, you know, reach out to the right person at the right time. Yeah. Your Quora yeah. works really yeah. well for us because people are asking those questions on there. That's really interesting actually that you bring up Cora because I actually listened to a podcast recently and an episode completely on Cora and it's one of those things that I would have never really crossed my mind before to advertise on but actually it makes perfect sense because people are looking for an answer to a specific question and you advertise directly below it yeah. you know it's actually a really really great platform it's actually something I must look into a little bit more. Yeah I see um, DuckDuckGo funnily enough on Cora constantly yeah constantly actually, yeah, yeah they do um, yeah yeah, it's, it is an interesting platform. Mm. Um, again, the the you know the traffic volumes we'll say compared to something like a Facebook or an Instagram obviously aren't there. But again, you can get really, really niche and really, really granular with the targeting yeah. on it. So exactly. it makes, makes sense. Yeah, and if your return on investment is good on a platform, exactly, it's worth it. Um, so Shane, if someone was coming into uh, a position like yours or like like you were there a couple of years ago. Um, what kind of tips would you have for them? They're taking over our marketing budget. What kind of tips would you have for them in, in maximizing it? I think the biggest part is like, it's really just like experiment, experiment, experiment. Like, you know, as I've kind of, as I've kind of gone through a lot of these things didn't work in the past. They're now working really well. And then there's sort of also, you know, cause I've been in this role for a while where you come in and you might, you know, and this is a good thing as we've, we've continued to hire people on, they've sort of removed some of our organizational biases because, you know, we might say, hey, that's not going to work. We've done that before. We've done Snapchat ads before. Let's not waste any time or money on those. Uh, you know, let's not get the creative done again and do all of this stuff because there's an investment there with all of that. So we've kind of been, but, you know, that's, 
but when you continue to experiment, you remove a lot of, you know, you remove a lot of those biases. You're, you're really working off just the data. And then I think the other big part is like getting the tools in place that you can actually track all of that data too. So like, you know, so you can actually make those decisions. You're not doing it based on just your gut that you're saying, okay, this is what the numbers are showing. This is what people are interested in. This is what they're clicking on. This is what's driving the whole way through the rest of the funnel uh, that's resulting in a purchase. Um, so, you know, I would say that getting your experimentation framework set up and then also your, um, yeah, your data, your, you know, data tracking stuff like that in play too, so that you can make well-informed decisions. I think that's, that's great advice. Cause I think a lot of people, especially when, if they're new to an organization, they're probably afraid to make mistakes. Um, and you, in terms of marketing, in digital marketing, that's, that's the way you're going to learn is you're going to test yeah. different budgets. You're going to test different platforms. You're going to test different ads. Mistakes will be made, but it's through yeah. those mistakes. You're going to find out what's actually working, what's actually generating the results. Yeah. And you find out a little bit over time. I mean, it takes that little bit of time at the start where you're going to go, oops, 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 you've made a few mistakes, but then usually what works can translate as you go forward and it'll keep working for the most part. And then you can just constantly enhance it by experimenting as well yeah and i think that's what good that's what good agency people do as well is in terms of setting that expectation you know i remember back when we were originally talking to our seo consultant it was like hey this is going to take like to set this expectation it's going to be 90 days before you see any results on this stuff so like you know it wasn't a case of you know them trying to upsell us into a longer term contract it was more just you know, we're not going to see the results for 90 days. There's no point in us doing a 30 day trial, you know, yeah. per se. So it's good just to set that expectations, uh, you know, with whoever you're dealing with. And if you're coming in new into an organization where it's like, yeah, we can hit the ground running and do as much as possible, but there may not, you know, you may not be able to see results on day one. It takes us time to see, you know, find a signal, see where the movement is on the different platforms um, and get a lot of this stuff set up as well. Brilliant. Uh, Shane, if people would like to find out more about yourself or Sandbox, where should they head to? So if they just go to sandbox.com, so sandbox with two X's, um, and then the best place to, you know, uh, keep in touch with me is probably on LinkedIn. So just shoot me a message there. It's just Shane McCarthy. Um, you can look up Shane McCarthy Sandbox on LinkedIn and it'll, it'll come up. Perfect. And I'll put that link in the, in the show notes as well. So that if anyone's listening now, they can just click on that there. Shane, awesome. thanks very much for joining us today. Cheers. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Jen. That's been this week's episode of the Digital Marketing Scoop. Hey everyone, Mark from Click here. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you haven't subscribed already, I'd love for you to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcasting platforms type in the digital marketing scoop and subscribe. That way you'll get notified anytime we put up a new episode. Thanks again for listening.